Welcome to Hope Blooms, a podcast from the Early Pregnancy Loss Association. At EPLA, we seek to support women and families suffering early pregnancy loss by providing resources, education, and community. It is our vision that no one suffers miscarriage alone. Welcome back to Hope Blooms. I'm Emily Carrington, EPLA's Executive Director. And I'm Maria Servold, EPLA's President. And today we're going to talk about some ways and a little bit of our own stories about how to talk about miscarriage with children. Yeah, this is something, you know, in both of our own stories, we didn't have children yet, but it came up later Mm -hmm. because it's not something that goes away. And then obviously, many mothers who miscarry are also coming home to Mm-hmm. Children of all ages and mm-hmm. any age, mm-hmm. uh, given the frequency of miscarriage. So, Maria, how how has it come up in your yeah. home, and sort of what ages, and and how yeah. do you, how do you talk about it now? Yeah, I think it came up only within the last year or two, and it was because of this organization. So, like when I would explain, I was going, you know, because if I say I'm going to work, I'm not really. So it's like I'm going to help with this group. What does it do? Well, we, you know, we give things to women who had babies in their tummies, but then the babies died. And then I think they, my oldest asked if that had happened to me. And I said it had before she was born. So then we talked about it a little bit. She asked questions like, was it a boy or girl? You know, all these sort of, which I didn't know it was too early and all these things. And it's interesting because, and you know, this is how kids are. She sort of often will talk about, you know, we we might have had a brother because I have all girls. <laughs> we might have had a brother that first baby, and it's like, how do you say? Well, you might not have been here if there'd been that first, because like, like timing wise, you know, it's like we don't go into that. But it's but it's sort of fascinating. It's like they instant she instantly and the others too. It's like, oh, there's this other sibling out there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old is your oldest? Oldest is eight and a half. Yeah. yeah. And I think whenever we've talked about it recently, she's very interested. The six and a half year old has some questions and the three year old is not really paying attention. But but that oldest one is, yeah, curious and surprisingly not. I mean, it makes you can tell it was sort of sad, but she just didn't, you know, didn't fully comprehend like the physical realities of it. I love that in children, though. Yeah. We told my oldest around four. Mm. um, And I don't remember why, but it seemed there it was just sort of. There was some occasion that sort of called for knowledge of it and and I decided it it was time and I love how and I think we've said this before on the show how she like she just accepts it like we do right. know that at least I told her about one I didn't really pile on like that there were three mm-hmm. I felt like we give little information at a time um cuz all of mine happened before she was born mm-hmm. um and she could have been born mm-hmm. um had any of them been born um, but we do know one was a boy, and mm-hmm. I have two girls. So she will talk about our brother, mm-hmm. her brother. She would ask me questions like, when we get to heaven, our stroller only has two spots. Where will the baby go? <laughs> I'm like, I don't so even practical. know. What a practical oh. question. <laughs> she, she's a very practical child. Yeah. I'm like, I, we'll have the right stroller in yeah. heaven. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> God will take care uh, of that. I, yeah. So... But it was just so, and I remember when I learned, I was much older uh, when I learned that my mom had miscarried Mm -hmm. and I would not be had she not. Mm -hmm. Same with Um, me. There was one before me and it was close enough that I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So two of my miscarriages were were close enough that they could not both coexist as babies, but but my 
living children mm-hmm. could with them. So I don't struggle with that as a parent, but I'm the product of that. Mm-hmm. And that never bothered me. Like, I just remember sort of delighting in that there was another one of us. Yes, yes. Um, that, And I knew, I knew that it will, I was older, I was probably in junior high. Mm-hmm. And I so I think I was aware that like I could not exist. Mm-hmm. The timing was sort of revealed. I don't know. Somehow I I don't ever remember not knowing that. But it didn't it didn't bother me. It didn't, it didn't feel existential. And some yeah. existential crisis yeah. that if I wish for this life back, yeah. I'm wishing my own away. That was not that was not I just kind of delighted in mm-hmm. even as a you know, twelve, thirteen year old. That there was more of us out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they, I feel like I got questions like maybe, you know, what would you have named it or something? You know, like these, the things that kids ask. And that's sort of, I think, an important thing to think about with this conversation with children is to sort of let them lead with their questions. Like, you know, not throwing a bunch of information at them, but sort of letting, seeing what they're interested in. You right. Know? Right. And be being clear mm-hmm. and, and frank, I think is really, really important with children. It does not. And I've realized in our own walk through any sort of suffering with our kids, that clarity has mattered and that to not impose my adult grief and perspective on my children. Mm-hmm. I've had to work hard where things feel so heavy and so big and, you know, and that could go both ways. We, we, a lot of times we want to protect our kids, but when I, when I tell my kids something sad, they have been able to process it in the way that like, as far as their understanding. Mm -hmm. And there have been times we've had to, you know, work through things with family therapists and counselors Mm -hmm. and work through grief and seeing, you know, I'm not saying that they've just like marched away happily, but they've sort of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that sort of makes a bigger point to not, you don't, you know, it depends on you or in the kid and your family, but you don't want to just as- assume across the board, like, no, my kids can't know. They can't, I, they can't, I can't tell them about that. It would be bad for them. Right. Like, right. It, you know, so one thing I remember when we talked to Nancy Kingma years ago, she came and did an educational day with us and was just fabulous one thing I remember her saying, like, your kids know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember um, that. They don't necessarily know what happened. But they know something they happened. Know something's yeah, wrong. Right. I mean, my kids are sharp. Now, I've got two little girls. They're both pretty sensitive and emotionally aware. But, like, they don't miss a beat, right? Yep. <laughs> my littlest like, one, if I'm looking, like, just even just frustrated or confused, she looks at me and goes, Mom, are you happy? <laughs> Right. And she always asks me that, like when I'm irritated. So then I have to be like, "Yes, yes, I'm, I'm happy." happy. <laughs> but I'm right. So they're they're part of our houses, and they feel mm-hmm. our they, yes. feelings. They're aware of what's going and on. You know, and so I, I really encourage you. We're going to talk about some of the information she gave us, but I do really encourage you. There's a lot of resources out there, and we did record a whole episode with Nancy about talking to children. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously different ages of children, depending on your circumstance, um, your house, you know, babies, adolescents. But she even talked about, and I love this, talk to your baby, give them words. Your baby Mm -hmm. feels the existential sadness that Mm -hmm. is in your house. And even if your babies don't know, giving them the words gives them the confidence Mm -hmm. that this is something with words. Mm. I think that's important. Another thing I've read 
And again, we'll couch this with, you know, we're not the counselors, we're the moms. And we want to be here to distill and and send the information to you. Mm -hmm. And there are amazing family therapists out there. And I want to say too, like, any any kind of disruption and death, like, um, you know, it, it you can work with a good therapist to work mm-hmm. through that and to to build your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when my grandfather died, he was ninety four. There was nothing particularly tragic about it, but I watched my five fresh five year old work through that in some healthy and unhealthy ways, mm-hmm. and I was thankful to have a family therapist to help us work through that as mm-hmm. well and even her unhealthy ways where you know outbursts and and seeing sort of what was normal and healthy and i think those are good good ways to you know but i also watched her play through it i watched <coughs> her so she was four or five just turned five and i watched her come home and we had to replay the funeral of my grandfather's mm. death but she it was her working through yeah. it right and and i thought that was so Profound and aware, and again, sort of age appropriate. Right. One thing I read a lot of places was to be clear with your children, mm-hmm. um, to not use that if you use the language that the baby is sleeping mm-hmm. or the baby went away, it could scare the child about sleeping. Yes. And going away. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> that this was really clear that it, it just, it's okay to use the word death. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is, I think, a balance as a parent, right? Like I've, on other causes of suffering in our own family, you know, we have, there are things that we have to be really clear with our kids about. Mm -hmm. I am very pro take your children to funerals, Mm -hmm. uh, but I also don't think you need to make it like a weekend pastime if your children are not (laughs) in relationship with that person. Right. Right. But I also think that it's it's not It's not fair to them to, not let them know the whole story of the person's life. Right. So to to use the word the death or, you know, to make it clear that the baby's not going to be born. Yes. And that is one thing that was also repeated a lot is that it was no one's fault. Mm-hmm. It was not mommy's fault. It was not it was not their fault. It's nothing they thought or did or said. Mm-hmm. Um it could cause the baby to go away. Right. So I think that that's even with little young children to take some time to figure out how you're going to say it and to say it clearly Mm -hmm. is a good place to start. There's also a lot of resources. Maria, you found a book. Yes. So this, it's a great little, it's a picture book, which is great. And it's uh, called Why is Mommy Crying? Explaining Early Pregnancy Loss to Young Children. And it's by a woman named Corey Ball. It's the the byline on the book is I period C-O-R-I-B-A-I-L-L if you want to look it up. But yeah, why is mommy crying? But it's this great story about a little boy named Max who notices his mom is crying and wonders why. And so she talks about, he offers her a Band-Aid and stuff. It's very sweet. And she explains that there was a baby in mom's tummy, but there's not anymore. It's going, you know, a diet is going to go be in heaven. Sometimes they go back to be with God. And then he asks interesting questions like, are you leaving too? <laughs> and these things. So it's really beautiful, very beautiful illustrations. And I think it very gently and yet truthfully helps explain to children. And the author, Corey, she, we had a great conversation and it's back on our blog. We Maybe we can link it in this podcast with some uh, video clips I 
talked to her on Zoom and she talked about why she wrote this and it was after her own loss and she had, I think, one daughter already. And so it was just out of this, she wanted to be able to tell her daughter this just story, you know, was looking for resources and there wasn't what she was looking for. So she wrote it herself. Yeah, I, I love using books to talk about hard things. And this one yeah. this one does talk about the baby going back to God and going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know for some families, that's that's a very important part. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are other other books out there that you know are Maybe are not as yeah. not as you know religious if that's something that you yourself are struggling with or or don't believe but i i think that what's important right is what i like about this book too though is that it it does fit into you know it, it gives the family and the child it it works the child into the family's yes grieving yes. and grief process right. and the family's understanding right. of of what is happening and that your child can can hold on to that. Right. Um, right. And it ends like with them, also the mom and dad and Max snuggling and he says he's in his favorite place and it's nice and warm. So it ends really nicely. And sort of with that security that like we're still here. Yes. We're still a family. It's not going to be look like we thought it might, but well, we still love you. <laughs> another thing I, I've seen for young children that's really important is maintaining that rhythm and mm-hmm. structure. Right. So even small babies, right, respond to mm-hmm. their routines for the day. Right. Mm-hmm. So maintaining that for for them as much as they can and being clear with older children if someone else is going to be picking them up from right. school, if there's, you know, just sort of what to expect and that they're going to be cared for. Right. Right. I think is really important. And yeah. Nan- what else did Nancy King might have to say? Any other big tips? Oh yeah. I remember being struck by the thing you said already, but I just want to hit on it again about that. Children will notice that something is wrong. I was, you know, cause it's like no matter how much we try to hide <laughs> our adult feelings from our children, they're going to see, you know, that something is amiss and right. you can't. Yeah. Right. She talked to, um, you know, using language agreed upon by family you know so this is it might take some preparation mm-hmm. maybe you don't have you know some of this assumes that you have the time right to have a family right. meeting about right. that that doesn't always happen sometimes you have a child in the ultrasound mm-hmm. sometimes you're backpedaling you know i want to encourage you know life and grief is messy mm-hmm. um and it doesn't it doesn't it's not going to there's no in, one right way to right, do it. Right. In an imperfect right. situation. Um, right. And I mean, uh, yeah. So like, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I'm expecting my fourth <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Emily knew. And we told the kids much earlier this time than like mm-hmm. the last time. And I had this thought like, but then if something happens, I have to tell three sweet little girls who are already mm-hmm. excited. But partly out of practicality that I was like, I feel sick all the time and I'm going to lay on the couch and you need to know why, (laughs) you know, but, but so there was that sort of like trust and hope thing that, that, that I'd be able to handle it. So should something happen, you know, but in the meantime, I had these little sweet children who were, you know, loving on my belly and praying for the baby, you know, it's like, that's better than not. Right. And I think as we talk about, sort of bringing two things together when you don't include your children and your children are old enough to see that if something happened, they would be very aware that there was an emergency yes. going on. Right. 
And that's a lot of information to right. process at once. Right. So, yeah, imagine them not even knowing that there was. <laughs> it's like, right. where, what? And now it's what? Yeah. Right, right. I mean, and with she, she breaks this down beautifully for different ages. Mm. And like I said, I really encourage you. We also have her talk, her entire talk on her our Facebook page. Mm. But she, again, for almost every age, like maintaining that routine and being clear, letting them play through it and discuss mm. their feelings, talking about death, talking mm-hmm. about what it is and what you understand. And I think there's there's different ways with, with older children, mm-hmm. letting them participate. Right. Does she talk at all about, I just thought of this, rem- uh, giving kids the option even to come up with their own ways of remembering mm-hmm. a lost baby? Mm-hmm. Because that might be a way that they can that can help them process as if they sort of have an idea for what they'd like to do or yeah, get them involved. Including letting them choose their level of participation, yeah. giving them a memento. <clears throat> that's that's for older, almost adolescent children. And you know, you're gonna see these the grief work its way out in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, so I encourage you to be to be gracious with with your kids as with with anything, right? Like this is a big mm-hmm. A big change, a big moment in their lives, yeah. Right. I mean, it's the same, you know, we always, we just sort of compare about the conversation around what happens, you know, when grandma dies and people are there for you and that kind of thing. And, you know, so the same sort of thing, like you have to explain, well, grandma died and we're going to go to this funeral and all these things are happening. And so, you know, it should, we should give the same dignity to a sibling that they. Right. Lose. How would yeah. you talk about another, another loved one? And I, you know, talking about the process, if mm-hmm. if mom is going to surgery and being being clear and mm-hmm. concise and then being ready to answer questions, I yep. think is important. Yeah. So take some time. I mean, I like even just a quick Google yep. of how do you talk to children about this? There's a lot. Yeah, there are good um, resources out there. A lot of resources that are just the basic here and now resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already mentioned talking to a counselor, mm-hmm. talking to clergy, letting letting them know you're working through that grief too. Mm-hmm. I think is important. I read somewhere that like it, it is okay to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, it's this balance where your children are not supporting you, but they are watching you mm-hmm. and how you're grieving, and you know, for them to know that that you're working through this as well, and that you're going. And then see them at, you know, you asking for support as well. Right, right, right. I think that's something important for our kids to know in all areas of our life. Right. You know, it's it's a balance, right? Like, I don't want to be like, I'm going to pile on my <laughs> messiness on my child because they're not my support person. Right. But also my kid needs to know I ask for help. Mm-hmm. I meditate and pray. I work i plan Mm -hmm. i don't just like wake up this way right Right. like i think there's a tendency as moms to just sort of always be insta ready for our kids that thing you know or maybe i struggle with that like i do all the preparation when they're sleeping or watching tv or not there so then when they're with me and not that i (laughs) they still see plenty of my mess but i i have worked in all things to per, like include them in the right preparation and participation and the work. And I think that's true in grief yep. too, yep. that I'm modeling that for them. They don't just get clean and squeaky me. Right. That I'm not there. I'm also not their counselor. Right? right. Like I don't, I can't just like close the door and I'm on for an hour. They live with me. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's important. I think too, we talked a little bit about both of our situations about after babies Mm -hmm. are born. So if they don't experience the actual loss, I love seeing children at walks of remembrance Mm -hmm. and very much involved in the ways you, you know, remember your babies. Right, right. Like here are we, you know, the rest of the family (laughs) remembering together. Yeah. And all the other ways, you know, our kids, I think, know that there are ornaments on the tree. Mm -hmm. And some of those things I sort of planted. I really wanted my kids to know and remember. I had dreams. Again, we've talked about this in other episodes where we would have like whole days honoring them. And that's just not the way our honoring them has worked Mm -hmm. out. But my my oldest knows what I do. Mm hmm. And she talks about it so beautifully. Mm. I My husband's a professor, so he has... Summers are not off, but summers are more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I said to my daughter the other day, I, I've got to go to work. And she said, but it's summer. <laughs> and I was like, well, your daddy still goes to work too. But things have been uh, kind of crazy. And she's like, but it's summer. And I yeah. said, well, I, I don't... Actually, my job I, doesn't stop. I said, I, I work through the summer. Yeah. And she comes back a little later and, I, and then I'm trying to explain. I'm distracted with trying to explain how I'm part time, but year round and yeah. he's full. She doesn't know any of that. Yeah. Well, she doesn't care. So and he works through the summer, too. But the way we divided the schedule, I was the first Monday. Right. So um, so she comes back to me and says, Mama, I know why you work through the summer. Babies die all year and they need your help. Mm. But she was just so like, wow. Yeah, she like, understood. Yeah. You can't you can't take a summer off, Mama. Right. And I was people like, need you. People need you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, You're right. You're yeah. right. I, I work all summer. Yeah. I work all year. And it was just such a sweet sort of Yeah, like, hey, I know you help babies and mm-hmm. that's what you do. And mm-hmm. for our family, that's how we honor our our children. Yes. Uh, Yes. And that's, yeah, to sort of bring it back to where we started, I think that was how it came up in our family was because of I was going to go do some work for the organization. And well, what is it? Well, we do this. And then it came up. But then it was like, you know, we're showing them how we can put that loss, not to good use, but to sort of help others going through the same thing. And I think they understand that. Right, right. And I, I think it's, again, I mean, it comes down to Clarity, mm-hmm. presence, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, other things I've seen, you know, be present. Yeah. You know, this talks about, Nancy talked about too, about, you know, talking about the person who died. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's just such a temptation to make it go away. Right. Where, yeah. and, and all of this is is judgment, right? Like right. Where you are as a family, what you're going through. Uh, it's 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 so complicated, you right. know. And I I know some women who have suffered, you know, tragically, many many miscarriages. Um, right. You know, I don't know. I don't think there's one prescription, mm-hmm. but I do think that there are ways that we can, you know, and uh, you know, again, like this giving giving language. There was a baby yep. in my tummy. The baby died. The baby was sick. Um, talking too about explaining why a little bit mm-hmm. you're not able to help the baby, mm-hmm. right? So they're not right. horrified the next time they get a cold, and also just being right. willing to open up to those questions, yeah, you know, and leaving room for questions. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And it's it's so, so hard, but it's okay to to look and yep. ask for help. Yep. If you found this podcast and you're listening, you know, you're already doing step yeah. one and we're yeah. gonna tell you to just just keep there's more out there. Looking. There's so much. I think we have a stuff. tendency to assume you know, especially when we're in a place of grief. No one, no one can help me. You know, no one knows what I'm going through because it feels like that. But there are, there are resources out there. You know, there's books like we mentioned. There's just websites that list helpful things. Even in the back of this book that I mentioned, The Wise Mommy Crying, there's a whole list of resources in English and Spanish, which is awesome um, ways to help kids, including from, you know, medical groups and that kind of thing. So it's out there. Um, and so don't be afraid to look for it and ask for help. Well, yeah. And realizing this is something that the whole family, the whole family is going through and that it's there. I think it's easy as a mom. I actually wanted it to be other people's loss too. I think it's mm. easy as a mom. To we talked about this a little bit much. in remembering. Yeah. Like, will other people remember? Yeah. But realizing for your children, you know, and that maybe depending on the age, maybe they had hopes and dreams and plans mm -hmm. in the same way you sort of mm -hmm. did, depending on on if they've had a sibling before. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of different ways to to realize it and care for your children and to still give and make space and and to help. I want to encourage moms too to help if you are really struggling with grief and you're trying to raise children. It's okay for you to get help. Yeah, right. There's a lot of, we've talked about this, but right, it, there's grief. You're, you're struggling with the loss of a life, the loss of a dream. Uh, you're also struggling with some serious hormonal mm -hmm. fluctuations likely. And so I just really encourage you, again, like I said, with leading the way to get the help you need and that will help you take care of your other children yep. if that just yep. feels too big. And it's okay to, to, have help with with caretakers. Yes. Um, yes. And to gather information. Yep. So totally. Yes. So I I hope that that's a good starting place. A good starting <laughs> place for for ways to talk about it with kids and mm -hmm. and we'd love to hear um, any ways you have talked about mm -hmm. it with your children. Any kind of language that has that has worked well, or any kind of memorial items you have mm -hmm. used or rituals you mm -hmm. have introduced to your family, ways that have brought you healing and peace and really sat with that grief. We, we would love to hear that from you. If, you. if you have any you want to share, either share in the reviews or send us an email. Mm -hmm. We would love, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Hope Blooms, a podcast from the Early Pregnancy Loss Association. To learn more about how we and you can support women suffering early pregnancy loss, visit our website at miscarriagecare.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening.